0: Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and welcome to this fine motion picture emporium. It's nice to know you're here tonight, rather than at home shoving cheap little plastic cartridges into cheap imported video systems that keep you and your family hostage in your own home or apartment. let's face it, big screen entertainment is what it's all about. We've enjoyed it for years. Movies are great. There's nothing like a good movie, or even a bad one for that matter. Go. In space... No one can hear you, meh, podcast.
1: Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Maybe I that's... am Joe Spiegel, and sitting across me is interrupting... Mike. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Boo! Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, that's what we should have called the podcast, No One Can Hear You, meh, man. <laughs> In space, no one can hear your podcast.
1: Yeah. You know what? That's like... Maybe I'm being, a, what's the word, facetious,
0: facetious, 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 facetious.
1: Uh, facetious. I think that just made me go another direction on the Kinsey scale, man. Okay. Facetious. You you know what the Kinsey scale is? <laughs> no. Really? I probably do. I just don't oh, remember. Fuck it. man, I thought you knew everything. Holy shit. Um, yeah, the Kinsey scale is uh, actually very fascinating. In that movie, the uh, movie called Kinsey, where Liam Neeson plays him, um, about that famous sex doctor from, I think it was like the 50s. Okay. Yeah, the Kinsey scale is like, okay.
0: The scale of gay?
1: What's one to seven? It's scale of whatever. It's scale of sexuality. Uh, Let's say one, you're completely hetero. And number seven, uh, all the end on seven on there is you're completely homo and in the middle so
0: it, it is it isn't a scale of sexual well it, it's a scale of sexuality but it's a scale like so, I said it's the gay scale so
1: if you're at a four you're completely bisexual okay and then the closer you get to either number the more you are of it so that's why I use the, the Kinsey scale it's
0: because yeah right. you're being you're you're at a seven
1: so I went from a, a, a 1.5 to a to a to maybe a three right <laughs> To an
0: eight um to a to a six
1: point two six
0: stop <laughs> this is our alien covenant podcast
1: yes, we uh <laughs> I know we got far away from that, but that's just i mean you gotta have to bear yeah. with us, yeah, all right, uh yes, we are gonna be talking about alien covenant, whether it's worthy, unworthy, or just slam bang fun summer
0: entertainment, yeah, one thing or the other, hit or miss. <laughs> Yeah, you know. <laughs> Again, was what we should have called the podcast.
1: Does anybody uh does anybody ever really hear you meh in space?
0: We already said that. I know. 3 times now. Be nice. What are you doing?
1: Uh, oh, something I should have done a long time ago, but I fully, I totally forgot. Yeah. Uh, and I'm already back to it. So boom, back in the mix You ready for that. No. All right. So, um we'll talk about that. We'll talk about my flick of the week, which is going to be the uh, I don't know if it's Netflix original, but it's on the Netflix called Beyond the Gates.
0: Okay. What? And uh. Oh, you wanted me to. Oh. Uh, and uh. <laughs> I don't really have a pick of the week. <laughs> no, say it ain't so. But um, but look, I've. I've it's Rick Astley videos. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well be. Um, I wanted to talk about Samurai Jack. Again,
1: you saw the finale, didn't you? Yeah, we. I watched the finale.
0: Okay, Uh, they're doing a. um, They're doing the Samurai Jack final season um, marathon this Saturday.
1: So now, is it officially going to be the final season? This is it. This is done. Okay, no more. So even though they brought it back all these years later for a season, it was just to close everything out. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. Full circle. All
1: right. We'll talk about that. Yeah.
0: I'm not going to give away any spoilers for people that haven't seen it or are interested in watching it I later. I
1: really need to start watching it. I just there's a, shows I keep putting off.
0: There's a marathon Saturday, uh-huh. 11 p.m. to 4 a.m.
1: Well, every episode is on uh, Hulu too, so.
0: Right, but you can watch all ten episodes Saturday.
1: Yeah, and go through commercials and fuck that. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I said it. All right, so we'll talk about those, those flicks of the week and a little bit of uh, movie uh, entertainment news uh, things that you might like, things you might not like, but who cares? Because we're very for time! Vamping! Take it away, Mike. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> Meanwhile, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How
0: you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? All right, let's do it. So, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Oh, so not before we get into the movie. We're
1: not busting into the covenant. No.
0: (coughs) Fuck. Or the convent. Barbara Crampton. Wow.
1: Holy shit! You're
0: looking at my movie. Yes, I was. So I have an understanding of the movie in and of itself. Okay. So. I applied for this this is a wikia thing out there called fandom okay oh, okay I it's think owned by or something yeah i applied for unemployment <laughs> again it's it's owned by the guy that started wikipedia okay, okay. fan you know i don't want to get into the whole fandom thing long story short is fandom was a company that purchased Cinescape magazine and then fandom went out of business. Oh. And then this guy brought it back because the idea of the idea of fandom originally was a Wikipedia for all things entertainment. Movies, music, TV, animation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the owners managed to fuck that entire community up. Uh. How? I don't know, but let's just say uh, stupidity and greed. So, long story short, I mean,
1: it looks like a, something that they bought that they or an investment they did not exploit at all.
0: No, they, they tried to exploit it in the wrong way, but it's not a big deal. So I signed us up to start our own fandom wiki, uh-huh. which is it could be anything, movies, music, like I said. So got an email back, and it said, "Hey, thanks for signing up with us." And I'm like, cool, great, we could start this. Hey, before you start, thank you for your interest in the Fandom Contributor Program. Now comes the fun part.
1: Oh, what, 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 can I get the credit card number?
0: Yeah. Before we give you the lowdown on Fandom's editorial style, we want to see where you're currently at with your writing. We designed this quest to be a fun getting-to-know-you quest, so relax and let your true self shine. Sounds okay.
1: like rip you off and not pay you shit.
0: So, quest one, my origin story. Every superhero has an origin story. Fandom contributors are our superheroes. So we want to know about the personal journey that led you to one of your favorite fandoms. It might be a TV show, game, or movie that made you fall completely and utterly in love with that piece of entertainment. The more This is a more than show and tell session where you explain how your favorite video game works or how cool your favorite show or movie is. We want to know how you came to personally connect with your fandom of choice. I haven't chosen a fandom of choice. We haven't done that yet because we are an all-encompassing site. Movies, music, TV, books, whatever we want to write about, we'll fucking write about. Yeah. So, And we're working on a couple of things. But right now, the idea behind this fandom is going to be, um, I think it's going to be two things. But I don't want to give anything away right now. And I have to go through these quests. I've now I, I you sign up, you send them your username, they send you the quest, you do the first quest. And the first quest was tell us about the reason, blah blah blah. So you can write this story. We can't wait to read it. You know, tell us about the experience and how it changed your life. Now I've already talked about this experience. It's Star Wars. The, and, and the first time I saw it at the drive-in. Now, the first time I remember seeing it, it wasn't the first time I saw it. Mm. So when, when I talk about the first time I remember seeing Star Wars, I had already seen it. This was the second time. Uh-huh. And, and that was indelibly burned into my brain because of the circumstances. I was with, I was with my best friend at the time. So like trying his to watch a
1: movie at a party. No, Where everyone's talking. You can't fucking understand shit.
0: No, no.
1: So you don't take the movie in the first time.
0: No, I I was six years old when the first time when it first came out. Okay, and from what my parents told me, I just sat there and shut up the whole entire time mm-hmm. and just watched the movie. Uh-huh. You know, and was just pulled in. But up until that time, I mean, my memories. My memory's pretty good. I can remember a lot of stuff from growing up in Massachusetts. I just don't remember some of the minor stuff. Like, I remember talking to my friend Ben about Superman the movie. You know, walking home. I mean, I remember the entire conversation and and how awesome that was going to be because fucking Superman. Jesus, you know, Jaws, Superman, Star Wars, all this other stuff, right? Yeah. And That's right.
1: You were like eight years old at the time.
0: Seven. Yeah. And... I uh, you know, I remember a whole lot of instances about that entire time I was there. It's just weird that there are select memories that I don't remember. Like my dad wanted to take me to see Star Wars. Apparently I couldn't shut up enough about it. <laughs> so there we go. Anyways, I wrote about that experience. And they say, Hey, you know, it, you know, we will give you get two weeks, two to three weeks from the time that we give you the quest to complete this thing. Yeah and then you send us a and then you 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 post the editorial and then it's going to take 2 to 3 days for us to get back to you. I don't have time for 2 to 3 days of waiting. Mm-hmm. Just you know, I understand there's probably a lot of shit, but come on, man. Uh-huh. If you're going to give me the if you're going to make me do this, it should be within 24 hours. Yeah. If that. And then go from there. But whatever. I'll play the game because Ultimately, the Wikia thing is going to get us, uh, you know, um, more people. Yeah. And we're we're kind of happy about that. So, See this pin?
1: This pen right here? Yeah. Two more people. Two more people. Two more people.
0: So, for all of you that are listening to this, and I didn't mean to bore you, but for all of you that are listening to this, the um, the Wikia is Cinescape Magazine, and it will be uh, all-encompassing, but... The way that we're going to do it is we're going to focus on one thing at a time, which is whatever the first subject will be. Yeah. And we're working on the subject. However, if Joe doesn't get it done, he will be fired.
1: It will be... It's not going to be the whole body. It's going to be focus. Part of body. It's going to be forehead,
0: nipples,
1: upper light butt cheek, dimples on booty, you know,
0: small of back emphasize. Did you say nipples on booty guard? <laughs> no. I said, That's what it sounded like.
1: No. No, I's you put you putting words together, man. God damn it.
0: <laughs> so I, I I heard you say nipples on on booty guard. No, I I moved from nipples to booty booty crack like dimples. Oh, booty crack.
1: I said dimples on booty. Oh, okay, dimples dimple, on booty crack. Upper left, you know, like dimple here, dimple there. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> So get on with it. Not the big picture, just little things here and there. You enjoy it better. You enjoy it better. That's, that's it. All right. Mm. <laughs> so, anything else? Can we talk about fucking Alien Covenant? No. All right. Good. So, hey, for some weird reason, right before we saw this movie, I watched the prologue. Um, not the one where that shows the whole crew and their only happy moment <laughs> of this entire film. I think that they put that prologue of them in there just because pre-screenings were like, dude, these people are just already in the shit right from the get-go. <laughs> There's no happiness at all. <laughs> but um, I'm not talking about that one where we actually get to see um, James Franco and he talks for a second. Um, I'm talking about actually shows the events after uh, Prometheus where David and Elizabeth Shaw, they get to the uh, quote-unquote the engineer's home world. And then you see that David's about to do something really, really bad, right? Sure. I watched it right beforehand and I had watched um Prometheus um again right after that or or no, yeah, right before that. And that's that that prologue already told me what I wanted to see in this movie. Okay. And that's what I was hoping this movie was going to be because look, this is difficult to say, but I really liked Prometheus when I first saw it because one for one thing, I I didn't expect it to be an alien sequel. Um, I just expected it to be a prequel that's in the realm of the alien universe. So that there was going to be some kind of connections because that's what I was told. You know, even our local celebrity Mark S. Allen told me that in person when he saw the movie. But well, look at you, I know, Mister Celebrity. He came to the dealership, man. He was I, I asked what him about. What did you it.
0: think about Prometheus? Yeah. Well, let me tell you, Joe. <laughs> Go fuck yourself.
1: <laughs> I'm too good for you.
0: Okay, I guess I will.
1: <laughs> Anyways, wax my shoes, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, um, I like I, I I actually liked Prometheus the first time I saw it because I had no true alien expectations with it. And then afterwards, started doing this podcast, and this fucking asshole across the way decides to hit me with the, yeah, but did you know about the script before Prometheus? and what originally was going to happen and then this asshole named David Lindelof came in and just ruined everything took a big giant dump on it Uh, before I knew all that I really liked Prometheus because like I said no expectations you know so that little tidbit those little connections to Alien throughout the movie those were just like they were cool like homages and shit I I was fine with it but then I find out that this was originally was going to be a straight up Alien prequel not not just some kind of connection in some way or another, but actually a fucking prequel. Um it, it just sounded it it sounded like the, the, the first draft was sounded like it was gonna be way cooler. Like it was gonna just go alien balls out, right? You know, xenomorph balls out if they have them. I don't think they do. But it just it sounded so much better. I, and then, it, then you, know, you see what the studio did. Because Prometheus is not a perfect movie, even before and after, where it's my opinions on, on seeing the movie multiple times after you know, finding out about the script change and all that. Um, the, the movie's lacking in a lot of things, but there's certain things that are really fucking cool about it, and it creates a mythology that's very interesting. And so when I saw the prologue, that shows um, David and Elizabeth Shaw ri- arriving at the uh, the engineer homeworld. I was like, okay, all right, cause that's just fucking cool. Because when you watch the trailers for Covenant, they didn't hint really at—I don't think they hinted at all at that—that that this was going to be appearance-wise any co- any connection to Prometheus. You didn't know shit. To me, the trailers just look like, okay, this is just going to be another fucking alien ripoff, right? You know. Oh really? Scott's finally, you know, people complained about not enough alien shit, so now they're gonna fucking do it, right? That's what it, it looked like, and I I give props to them because they could have just fucking totally given all that away in the trailers, and they didn't. So when when you come to find out, and look, I, I we're gonna get into my problems with this movie, and I I don't know if you got the same problems that I got, but uh,
0: unless they're still asleep,
1: <laughs> but I've got problems with this movie, but at the same time. I don't have problems with this movie. There's, it's, there's like this fucking, this nice little balance. Uh, really, Scott, this being his third movie in the Alien universe, uh, he he, it's hard to complain about his actual direction because the movie looks great. It looks, the cinematography looks great. You know, that you can tell the effort was put into the production design of it all. It just all looks <laughs> awesome, and then you know, good. You know, he picked he picked a good you know uh, uh, composer. the The musical score is is really cool. It takes elements from the original <laughs> Alien films, and it like integrates them into this one, and then also Prometheus' music musical score, and 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 then and extra little things here and there. And it, it just, it, it adds this creepy ambiance to the movie. And especially, it especially works in scenes where like uh they're walking through the forest on the planet and there's no sound. There's no, you know, there's no animals making any sounds or anything. That was cool. But, the movie fails in, and, and I, God, This bugs me. This bugs me having to fucking say this because I don't want this to sound like it's going to be my every week bitch because I don't want it to be and I don't mean it to be, but I'll go back to Alien and Aliens and The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing. What worked about those things better than anything besides the mythology? The mythology was already there and it fucking looked cool. What really worked was the characters. The characters... All stood apart from each other they all had a distinctive style of their own personality of their own and they're they're mingling their co-mingling fucking worked man there was a this dynamic full, dynamic on fucking on the nostromo dynamic on the you know space marine one whatever the fuck it was called okay in aliens and then same thing at the Antarctic uh, you know the thing ice station right they there was just this camaraderie between them whether they, they liked each other or not It didn't matter. They worked. It was good acting and good characters. Devil's
0: advocate on this one? Yeah. Here's the issue that you... The issue with those movies versus this one. Yeah. Okay. This, when they wake up... Yeah. They're not a crew. They're just... They look... They sound like they were just put together for the mission. Uh Uh-huh. I have a whole entire theory about this. So... Okay. But... I I I agree. I think that the, the bad outweighs the good, uh-huh. mostly with this movie. Um, there are moments of brilliance. Yeah, you know, especially at the beginning when, like, when those little alien the, like, the I spores, don't, no, the aliens. Okay, the the ones that showed up in, at the end of Prometheus, whatever. The Cro-Mag aliens or whatever the fuck they are. The final version? No.
1: Oh, so, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're pretty much called Neomorphs. That's okay. like the... The,
0: the Neomorphs. Yeah. Because I didn't know the names. Um, when those show up, well, before they show up, we get these moments of Alien. This is Alien remade. Yeah. This is really all it is. This is really Scott taking Alien, and he's not really... Making it better, he's just adjusting things. Yeah. So when yeah
1: he's adjusting it to the back. Well, (laughs) not necessarily.
0: Talking about the chest squirter. Um, yeah, I know, but again, not not necessarily because the second guy. I know we're through the mouth. Puked it up, right? But those were good. The brilliance was, um, what character was she? The one that was the pilot of the uh, the lander. The first lander. Yeah, it was um, your your. Uh, it was Danny McBride's wife, right? Right.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you know Tennessee's wife, Danny McBride's I think her name was uh, Maggie. Yeah. Yeah. So Maggie takes the lander, drops these people off, and they go, and the, these spores infect them. Yeah. Two two people, not all of them infect two people, but if. Ridley Scott had gone and done the, the this part throughout the whole movie, which is the neomorph when Maggie comes out to help with with um the the guy that's been infected yeah. and the girl that's that's carrying him. Yeah. And she brings them inside and she's like, Don't touch anything. Yeah. And and the other girl goes, He puked blood all over my face. I don't really think You know, getting some blood on your fucking on your little deck is you know a big deal, right? Mm. (laughs) And and she's trying not in the Maggie's trying not to touch anything. That shows that the character is very Uh germophobic about a lot of shit. Yeah. So you know she doesn't want to touch she doesn't want to touch the headphones or anything else like that. And it
1: also recalls the Sigourney Weaver and uh, Veronica Cartwright's characters
0: from the original Alien, right? But and that character also uh, what what was her name? That um that eventually is the Sigourney Weaver of this story.
1: Um, it's Catherine Waterston's uh, Danny yeah. character.
0: Yeah, so Catherine Waterston, her haircuts the same, everything. Yeah, so she is fucking Sigourney Weaver. She, that, she is
1: Ripley. From what I read in the trivia, her hair was like that because of um uh, Ezra Miller's hairstyle from Fantastic Beasts. Right, because she went to go um audition for this movie or something while she was filming. Uh huh. And then she already had that hairstyle. Like she, she did the hairstyle on purpose to copy Ezra Miller or something. Okay. And then she wore it there, and they're like, "You just keep that hair. We're gonna, yeah, we like that hairstyle." Right. I don't know if it's true or not, but it reminds me of uh, Mickey Rourke when he. Um, the reason why his hair looks the way it looks in uh, his quick, uh, you know, his two or three scenes in uh, Expendables, the first one, is because on his time off, he left the set of Iron Man Two, where he played Whiplash to go do those scenes real quick for, you know, as a favor to to Sly. Uh-huh. And that's why you, he he's he's fucking whiplashing in both movies. Great. I like those cool little connects. I know, but
0: uh, you know, it, it, <laughs> it. I know. I, anyway, tangent. Tangent. So, back. So, Maggie brings the 2 into into the stasis lock, into, uh, you know, the the the, the um a quarantine hyperbaric chamber or whatever the fuck yeah is, yeah in into the med lab and then she goes and fucking locks the door on him right yeah and then the dude starts to puke blood
1: yeah and then it's it's fucking billy credup's wife yeah so yeah.
0: and then and then the alien pops out the back right yeah and his body flips over and he's just lying there like this limp husk yeah and he's got this this sack this blood sack that's dripping out of his mouth uh-huh. you know that scene that 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 piece right there from the point where she is on the lander. (laughs) She's dragging the body to the lander. Yeah. They're in quarantine. And then the alien breaks out right through the glass. Yeah. You know, using its head or whatever. to to, It headbutts the thing out. Yeah. And then the the firefight, right? And she blows the fucking ship up accidentally. And then you see her stumble out. Yeah. You know, and then land face first. On the ground. Yeah, she's burning. Yeah, she's done. Yeah. and She just doesn't know it yet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well done. And the rest of the crew sees this happen. Yeah. You know, they could have left it at that. They could have used the planet. But no, what happens is is that you have David Mm -hmm. rescue them, and then we get some kind of weird backstory where David is the mother. In fact, that was one of the things. You know, where do you want to, you know, what are you doing? Well, we're going back to Mother, right? Yeah. He says that, or where do you want to go, you know, Mother? And he knows that that's the name of the ship. Yeah. So, (coughs) excuse me. My entire theory is this was set up from the beginning, Mm -hmm. which was all of these, he knows the names of all the vessels that are in the fleet because they're all Wayland Yutani, or at this point, Wayland, I guess. And,. He knows exactly when and how because they're going out to the stars and they're mapping stars. Yeah. And then they're seeding planets, right? And
1: he's a machine so he can calculate.
0: Right. So my theory is, is that at the beginning of the movie, Danny McBride gets this message in his helmet. Yeah. Right? And he doesn't know what it exactly is, but it's recorded. Yeah. And then he comes back to the ship and they pull his helmet off. Well, I'm sorry. There was a nova blast
1: yeah woke which up.
0: disables the ship and prematurely wakes people up, and then <clears throat> they are conveniently seven weeks away from a habitable planet in this solar system, and it's going to take them another seven years to get to the planet that they were planning on colonizing oh. so and this planet is not on any star charts, however, this entire system has been mapped so it's already been erased from the system. Yeah, so it hasn't, you know. So this planet is, quote unquote, just a yeah, ghost. Yeah, there's a planet.
1: character. One of the characters says, "How did we miss that?"
0: Right. And and it, I mean things like it, it. It could have been hidden, you know, whatever. Yeah. Possibility, but we, look, David set this all up. When when the probe came out, he he reprogrammed the probe and sent it back. Yeah. So that one of the ships would come through the system and then he could have that ship either come pick him up, you know. And that was probably the original purpose, pick him and Shaw up, right? Yeah. But he finds these alien eggs and it was like, "Oh, well shit, what if I could what if I could change the world, right? What yeah. if I could change the universe?" So he starts to work on these aliens and Basically, they are uh, they 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 evolve into whatever they are now. The, yeah. They they evolve into the actual xenomorph. Yeah, <coughs> and he's going to seed other planets with these xenomorphs. He's mother, right? Yeah. But the problem is, is that you have an android that is creating life. Now he's got a god complex. Yeah, and we know nothing about the fucking engineers and. Here's the other thing when it shows a flashback of David parking or docking with the engineers, yeah, uh home planet, you know whatever that that turning the fucking airport, if you yeah. want to call it that the spaceport, but the plant- the ship that he landed on had been crash landed in the forest kilometers away,
1: yeah, so they didn't explain how it went from them burning up everybody. You know, David killing all of the engineers there down below to the ship crashing. Um that's something that might be stumbled upon. That that's why I, I kinda give some of the plot holes in this movie some leeway because there's a third film plan that's gonna be coming out in two years from now. Uh huh. And that's supposed to be the final trilogy that's supposed to link everything together.
0: Uh final part of the trilogy. And um, didn't I didn't I tell you that on Thursday? Yeah I that it's think- coming full circle and then that this is all going to link up with whatever yeah. Nostromo. Yeah, you because
1: know, there's a lot of people like saying, "Well, wait a minute, this movie is set 18 years before the events of the Nostromo." Right. And that doesn't make sense because, like, all the eggs look really, really old. Like, there's a comment by Ash, I believe, in Alien, where he says, "These have been here for a very long time." Right. And they made it sound like more than just 18 years. Like, right. Like, like uh, they they talked about things um, petrifying and stuff.
0: You know, so, well, yeah, but I mean eighteen years, twenty years again, you don't know, yeah, I, because I, it, time is different on different planets, yeah, especially when you're traveling through space, you know, like i I'm gonna bring up Star Wars anyways, <laughs> Empire Strikes back when Luke is doing his training, yeah, that takes months, but as as the Millennium Falcon is going to Bespin. Yeah. That only takes a few weeks. So as Luke is training and they're flying, the time difference between the two of them is like a year. And that's weird,
1: It's trying to explain that shit. Because when you watch the movie, it's But just they're def- in different parts of the galaxy.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the asteroid field is closer to Bespin, but but Dagobah, which is closer to the center of, you know, which is like near Alderaan, yeah. it's... As it's turning and they're flying, right? Yeah. They're only going in one direction, while well, this is going in a in a, in a circular arc. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's time it's is weird. different on different planets. Yeah,
1: it's just like in the movie Interstellar. There's this one planet they go to where it's really close to a black hole, and because it's so close to the black hole, time is way different there. And they explain, they go into great good detail about it, and I can't remember what the explanation was of it, but it. Anyway, seven minute every like what was it seven minutes on the planet is like a month, yeah, uh, you know, away from it in normal time, and so like when they get stuck on the planet for like a few hours, uh-huh. they come back and it's like fucking fifty years later, right, and they're like, holy shit, we've only gone for a fucking hour, you know, a couple hours, right. But like people on the ship had already fucking turned into old people. And yeah, shit. it was fascinating. The the you know the
0: the theories, the science around it, and all that shit. You know, and it's like, dude, I can't really argue with that. <laughs> yeah. So when they see see those eggs and they say, hey, these been these have been around forever. Yeah. It, they could have been there for eighteen years, sure, in a linear way. Yeah. Linearly, yes, eighteen years, but physically, you know, physics, uh, you know, physics involved. Yeah. Thousands of years, you yeah. know, yeah. hundreds of thousands of years.
1: I mean, I guess <clears throat>
0: that's why we had Einstein. Again, the so, time time is like a record. Yeah. If you look at it, you know, the farther out you get, the longer it takes. Yeah. Right. So that's why it's grooved. Anyways. I'm groovy, baby. Yeah. <sighs> what was I going to say? The
1: time thing. But all the time it's gone by.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I had a, I was fucking, I'm lost now. I, f- I forgot one. Connection Fuck. to Alien? Yeah, I know. We were talking about the connection to Alien. Oh, I'm, that's right. The connection to Alien. So the third movie. Now, Joe and I were talking about this on Thursday. No. And, I, and this is before Joe had even mentioned that they had said that a part three was being made, right? Yeah. Or, or their work pre-production. <laughs> and I said, as soon as the movie came out, that the last shot of the next movie, if there's a the next movie, is going to be of the Nostromo. Yeah. heading towards the planet. And I believe that this planet is LV-426, uh-huh. which is Origami or whatever the fuck it's called, Origami 6, right?
1: Something I can't remember.
0: The, the planet that the colonists were originally going to go to, or yeah. Origani or whatever, Origani 6. And I honestly believe that that is LV-426 because of the terraforming. Now, again... The way that the ship on this planet, the engineer's homeworld, was, makes me believe that this may be LV four two six and not two two three, because it doesn't. It, the way that the ship had crashed and was sticking out in a rock formation. Yeah. If you look at aliens and the ship that had crashed and it was sticking out in a rock formation, right? Yeah. If you watch the the extras. When they actually go to the ship, the yeah. the engineer ship, yeah, <laughs> it's it's sit sitting in the same kind of area, although there is no there's no uh, trees, yeah, but there's storms everywhere,
1: yeah, and and but the thing is is that that planet that they're on has breathable air, and if you go back to the original, it, you know, go back to Alien and Aliens, that planet, it hadn't been terraformed yet, so it, all that no, it had been, well it was in the middle of being terraformed in aliens and so there was breathable air in the area they were in but the whole planet still needed a bunch. An alien hadn't been done at all yet. So in the first Okay, so what
0: if that is the sister planet to right. the engineer planet? Because it's got the same kind of weather system.
1: Well, I I I mean, I think that that, that, that space jockey ship is going to come into play in it, you know, if that and if that space jockey ship that's crashed and doesn't look fucked up, it just looks crashed. In the uh, in, in, in the Alien Covenant, uh-huh. then I'm thinking that that one is going to be the one that ends up becoming the space jockey, the, the famous space jockey one from Alien, you know? It's possible. It's just, but how do you but get But the problem there to there? is,
0: is that the planet that they were leaving from is LV-426 in Alien. Uh-huh. Because they return to that planet in Aliens.
1: That's, like, that's why I don't know that the planet on on Covenant would be that planet. Yeah. Because something drastic would have had to happen to change the atmosphere.
0: Well, anything can happen. You know, fucking something could have gone supernova and then killed everything, right? All right, let's uh, let's look up Alien. Dan O'Bannon. As the 33rd greatest film of all time by Empire Magazine. (laughs) I bring that up on purpose. Uh, Yeah. Detecting a mysterious transmission from the nearby planetoid LV-426, the ship's computer, Mother, awakens the crew. Okay, so we have established that an alien they are going to they are going to check out a mysterious transmission from LV-426. Yeah. Okay? Aliens is also LV-426.
1: Yes. Cuz they started terraforming it.
0: Alien franchise. Hey, hey, look at that. Yeah, Aliens
1: was set 57 years later, so it had been within that time that they had started terraforming on that planet, on LV-426.
0: Right, so... um, I need Aliens, not Alien or Franchise. There we go. Aliens! Okay, after 57 years, the survivors of the Nostromo... Uh, she learns that the planetoid from the first film is designated LV-426, is now home to a terraforming colony. What do they have any information on LV-426. Acheron Xenopedia, hmm. formerly known as LV-426, is one of the three known moons orbiting Calpamos in the Zeta-2 reticuli system, 39 light years from Earth. Got to find out all this shit. Uh, the moon was given its common name. The main colonist base is Hadley's Hope. It had 158 people. Rest in peace.
1: <laughs> now, the ship in this movie had 2,000 people.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to find out if this has any connection to the first comprehensive survey was not carried out until the 2130s.
1: Yeah, and this movie's set in 2104.
0: Uh, okay, so no, LV-426 was 2039 colonization. Okay. One group escaped the cargo. Okay, I've a few inhabitants disparate Okay. Two disparate groups of colonists fled in two separate ships. One group escaped. <laughs> Whoops. Escaped the cargo. Oh, come on, Jack. Aboard the cargo freighter Onager or Onager and sought refuge on LV223, which is the engineer's homeworld. Ironically, the same moon where the UC USCSS Prometheus disappeared in 2093. So, LV426 is close to LV223. Okay. Uh This is why I'm looking it up so that we can connect the dots.
1: <laughs> like a like a season of Fargo.
0: Yeah, like a fart in the wind. Break like the wind, my friend. Uh, Three noons of the gas giant Calpamos. Um, So the engineers had seeded the planet of LV-223. A group of them constructed an outpost on the planet. It is suggested by Janik that it was some type of military base set up by the engineers to build biological weapons before an incident comprised their operation. Uh, There's a worm-like life form found within which is speculated to have been indigenous to the planet. After going through a mutation process similar to Furfeld's, it is believed the worm like life forms became a lethal hammerpede. Okay. So that's what's going on. L V two two three, where Prometheus crashes, yeah, has a has a parasite worm, uh-huh. which becomes a hammerpede, which is the predecessor to the the xenomorph. You know, there's an evolutionary scale there. Yeah. And David takes these these worms and heads to the engineers' homeworld, right? Yeah. The lush jungle had grown over the moon, containing many new species, deacon sharks, and mutated factions of ants. In 2179, Xenomorphs arrived at the planet with the Onager and quickly adapted to the role of apex predator. So, that was, but that's years and years later. 2000 years before, the engineers established a temple. And initiated a plan to wipe out humanity for reasons unknown by releasing a pathogenic agent known as chemical whatever blah blah blah. However, they lost control of it and led the engineers there to die off. Multiple surviving engineers preserved themselves in hypersleep pods. Four of them took refuge on um, one of the but only one of these four survived. And this is this is Prometheus. Okay, <coughs> so. In Prometheus, the engineers had established a temple on LV-223. LV Here it is. In 2093, after Prometheus finishes its two-year voyage, the ship arrives on LV-223. The crew explores the moon's surface where they come across the engineer's structure. The crew enters the structure and discovers the bodies of some of the engineers as well as several stetite ampule urns stored within the structure. All right, so here's the link. And the reason why I read all this shit off was everything that's going on right now is leading to LV-426. Yeah. Okay. LV-426 is a sister planet to LV-223. That's why there are storms. Okay. LV-223 is completely wiped out. We know how it gets wiped out. Okay. But apparently some of the engineers had escaped off planet and had headed to LV-426 before something devastating happened, okay? <coughs> and and that's where Ripley's ship went. That's the connection, that's the connecting thing. Those planets. Yeah. The last fucking shot of the final alien movie that Ridley Scott's going to do in this series will be of the Nostromo heading to or just after landing uh, on LV 426 everyone's
1: sleeping in their pods.
0: Yes, and that's 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 how that's how they're going to connect it. But everything is connected anyways. It doesn't matter with Prometheus with with Alien Covenant. My problem with Alien Covenant is I wanted to see the engineers. Uh. I want you know I didn't want to see another alien copy. Yeah. It would have, I mean, if you had the, like, if you had two-thirds of the movie as engineers and then, like, the final part of the movie being the ship, like, David contacting the ship. Yeah. no, And then you know what's going to happen after that. You don't really need to any, you don't need exposition. Yeah. But but David jury-rigging the system where he gets, where he, he okay, something happens, He's like, okay, if a ship comes into this system, notify me so I can set off something to disable it so I can have it come pick me up, yeah. right? <clears throat> and he jury-rigs the engineer ship, and as soon as that, as soon as it comes, as soon as, it, whatever, as soon as a Wayland ship comes into range, it comes alive, it sends out the signal to them, you know? yeah. But also, right before it sends out the signal to them, it does the Nova Bomb or whatever the fuck that was and notifies David so he can take, get ready for them to arrive. Okay. But in the meantime, I mean, that, and that's kind of how he... That, that's how the movie should have ended, not how it should have started. Uh-huh. We should see how the engineers came up with this stuff because if they're the ones that were trying to wipe out humanity. Yeah. And they're the ones that were genetically creating these aliens. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> then why not tell us that story? I,
1: I, I that's, that's what, one of my, you know, one of the many problems I have with the movie is that it it's relying too much on what's already been done instead of moving forward with it. Um, Am I glad that they reintroduced the xenomorph? Um, sure, it's. I mean, the you know the CG with it looks great, especially if you compare it to how it looked in Alien Three. Alien Three, it's absolutely atrocious. It looks like a cheap uh, computer game, right? You know, the CG with that. But regardless, it, it's it's story and it, it, it's pacing. It it's it's the problem is that yeah. Ridley Scott already did all this shit with the fir- with Prometheus. There's already plenty of little homages to to Alien in that, so you don't need to do it again, and this movie does more of it. But this time, I don't care about the characters. I didn't
0: care about Katherine Watterson's character. No, I didn't either. you know I, I like Michael Fassbender's character I, because y- that was the only interesting character.
1: It was like Fa- Fassbender's so fucking great in this movie,
0: which in everything he is. Well, he's not great in everything but.
1: but he's he's excellent actor yes you know um especially when you watch like behind the scenes of shit man the guy is just fucking one of those actors that just delves in right but no one else could shine like him in this movie you know waterston does her part but i don't know spanish bob was pretty good <laughs> uh you know danny mcbride was fine
0: but it just you know it's because he was going against typecast <laughs> Absolutely, and that's the one thing that I liked about Danny McBride no. is I didn't have to watch him play Eastbound and Down. Yeah, you know, which he was doing in every comedy role. And he's
1: calling, yeah, he's calling every dude he talks to just calling him a bitch. Right. Yeah. You know, ends every sentence with bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And that that gets old. Yeah, it gets old like the, the Rob Riggle thing we talked
0: about. Yeah. And seeing him like when I know when when we when the first when the trailer first came out McBride is in it. I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> All we're going to hear is fucking, you know, eastbound and down je- you know, jerk-off jokes.
1: He reminded me of the uh the chick in uh that was the navigator in The Abyss. She was a country chick. Yeah.
0: Too. I was like, "Oh, I wonder if it's on purpose." Maybe. But the difference the difference of this whole movie is Danny McBride, actually fucking acting, yeah, and killing it, and Michael Fassbender,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean that's it. Because look, look, Billy Crudup, everything I see him in, he's the same guy in it. Right, he's the same in Watchmen. He's the same in Almost Famous. Uh-huh. He's the same guy. I, I just, Is that Spanish Bob? <laughs> I guess the guy whose wife got burnt up in the ship. He was the main guy, and then he got the face hugger. David took him to the face hugger, and then it got him. He was he was the captain. He took over for Franco.
0: Oh yeah 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 yeah. That's Billy yeah, Crudup.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. He's just the same guy in every movie. I, I, he to me he looks like the, I don't know the 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 lamer cousin of fucking the guy who's playing Superman now. Or Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah, he just looks like a like a like a I don't know an unbuff Henry Cavill. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Billy Crudup. There's just I mean look I I loved him in Almost Famous but. You know, I, I think a,
0: a two he dozen was, he other was, guys could have played the same role. Yeah, he was. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Lackluster. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, but uh, mechan not mechanical. Okay, yeah, he's just going through the motions. No, well, it's kind of mechanical, but it, that's not the word I'm looking for. Well, I remember he just he. he, he He's good at what he does, yeah.
1: but it's just... Eh, not- I, well, look, I understand that one of the main themes of, of Prometheus was, was trying to be like a certain kind of take on religion, right? Right. And then you, you he purposely has a religious character in this movie where Billy Crudup's character has faith. You know, they don't delve into his faith, but you can tell he's a man who believes in God. And But there was no real themes on it. He pretty much just like, Oh, well, I just got to do things the way they're, you know, and take me in the direction I'm going. It it wasn't, he, it didn't seem like he did a lot of faith-based things until Catherine Watterson's character says to him, I have faith in you.
0: Right. But it, that seemed throwaway. It was... But his character was supposed to be a Christian, believe, yeah. believes that God created, you know, man, the universe, and everything. Yeah. And we come upon the engineer's world. And that's, see, look... They missed a huge opportunity here uh-huh. where you have these engineers who created everything. Yeah. And you have this character, Billy Crudup, who believes in nothing but a god who, yeah. you know, 6,000 years when the world was born, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know? And that was a wasted opportunity. Yeah. It, it was like this whole crew. But it was better than Damon Lindelof's take on it. This crew was
1: used as a filler. To get to get David's character from point A to point B, that's what it seems like to me, because most of the characters get killed in in you know in slasher film style, right? And and barely any of them get a whole lot to really say, you know, or or really contribute to the story. They're just there to get you know get killed at the right moment, and it just seemed like they were there for just so that you know you could have that first scene that 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 beautifully shot scene. At the beginning, with Guy Pearce and Michael Fassbender, uh-huh. when he's first when he's first been uh, created, and I like that. That sets the movie up. That that like if you ever forget while you are watching the movie what the true story is about, the true story of this movie is about David, okay? Because now we've had two movies where he's in both of them, and he takes up most of the dialogue. I mean, look if you remember Prometheus, what how does it start? It starts off with the ship traveling through space. Everyone is knocked the fuck out, and David is spending like years and years just learning shit. Right, and then this movie, what's it do? It starts off with David again, you know, talking to his creator, and you show the 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 the, the way that his creator treats him because the scene ends with Guy Pierce asking him to pour tea right in the middle while they're having a philosophical discussion, you know, an intelligent discussion between them, right, creator and creation, and then what does he do? Come get my tea, yeah, pour me some tea, you know. You could see and you could see the look in Guy Pierce's face, like, like how fucking dare you talk to me this way. We're not equals, you know, it, you know, you're my creation and this isn't what you're here for. You're here for other amusements, you know, and it, it, it's weird because it's like, how do you like David's an Android, but he's, even though he doesn't show a whole lot of emotion, he's being, I mean, he's being driven by emotion. You know, it's something else. It's, you can tell that his hatred for his father, his creator Is is influencing everything that he's doing,
0: right? And we learned that he was the first, although it goes against everything in the mythology. Yeah, which is they specifically started calling the androids with A, B, C, D. Yeah, because in in Alien, in Aliens, and Alien Three, Bishop, Bishop, and then who was someone supposed to
1: be Charlie? But I didn't see a Charlie. Yeah, there was no Charlie. Bob. Well,
0: it, whoever Bishop was in the third one,
1: that that one they didn't say because they had the ripped up, the torn up Bishop, right? That right. she reactivates for just so she can have a quick conversation. It's like, oh, thanks, Lance, Lance Anderson for showing up. But it, the one that shows up at the end, you don't know if he's the creator of the bishops or if he's another bishop himself. They never say if he's a robot or a human. That I what was on. his name. He, um, uh,
0: I can't remember, dude. I think it was, it started with a C.
2: I
1: can't remember. But yeah, it was, he was supposed to be like another, another bishop. So, but I, I, th- see, I can't remember because I fucking hated Alien 3 so much that even the, like, the two, the three times I think I've seen that movie in my whole life, I, I am so disappointed by it that, you know, that ending just pisses me off so much. Right. You know, look, I think that there could have been a way that you could have ended Alien 3 where Ripley does die, just like she does in the movie, and it, and it, but it could have felt like it meant more. But because the whole movie leading up to it was shitty, that it, her sacrifice didn't mean anything to me. Uh-huh. It just felt like, wait a minute, you just let me down the whole fucking movie and now you're going to kill her? What the fuck? That's it? You start the movie off by killing by killing Michael Biehn's character and killing fucking Newt. The, 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 the driving force of Aliens. Her saving Newt is like the, the most epic thing about that movie. Uh-huh. You know, her fucking just not giving a fuck about the danger oh. of it.
0: He played a character uh Bishop too.
1: Yeah. See? So you know and it, it just spit in everyone's face and i've heard people's theories or their own opinions like well you're just looking at it the wrong way and and it's supposed to be dark because in this universe there's no real hope and and blah 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 and it, there's no real hope. and it has a because of this has this this sad this tragic you know ending it's supposed to be more resonant well like i said you could have sacrificed ripley at the end if you had done the movie right It right. would have been fine just like how logan ends Logan ends great because of the way he's dying. It wouldn't have felt as good if he didn't give himself, like in the Cowboys or something like John Wayne, right? It, it's, you need it. You know, it, it's, but with Alien 3, no, fuck that. It was <laughs> crap. So, um, yeah, I look, I, I don't know what really Scott's doing because he didn't write this movie. He directed it, but uh, when you look at the at the writing credits, I think there's like three writers on this movie or something on just the screenplay alone. So I don't know how much of a hand Scott had. And I'm not saying he didn't have any, but I don't know how much, like if he I don't know if he did like a creative overseer thing or, or what, I don't know. I just know he directed the shit. Right. So, but I do notice that they didn't bring Damon Lindelhoff back. Yes. <laughs> or and if they did, it's not credited. <laughs> but yeah, it just, when this movie to me, look, you can make something look as good as you want to make it look and it looks great. It does, but that's not enough to sell me on the movie. What sells me on the movie is when this movie is a Prometheus sequel. When it fuck oh man everything about this being a Prometheus sequel, it worked for me. The prologue shit when they did flashbacks to it during the movie. Uh uh-huh. Um. Uh. When you're t- when it's dealing with David and and you know him t- making uh, like c- comparisons to music, like classical music and. And the way that he's you know trying to design these new you know xenomorphs and stuff and and when you find out the the fucking tragic truth about what happened to Dr. Shaw, it I mean it's fucking compelling. It's creepy and compelling. It's like Frankenstein in a way. Right. Right. It's like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, not just some fucking knockoff, but you know, like the the dark and fucking you know macabre. Right. It. it it's that is compelling, and it, it just. When you find out that truth about her, what happened to her character, it's fucking sad and and it works and it just shows the, the level that the David character has gone to. all that is, is is totally working with me. That's why like when when the when the predictable ending showed up and i I could predict the ending before you know during that final battle between walter and and David. Uh-huh. if you don't show David fucking dying, you know David didn't fucking die. It's that simple, right? So I knew that that was not going to be David that got onto the ship. It was just, it was so goddamn simple to you know call it. But um, I, I saw that ending. It, it was, I didn't, when you get to that, that, that predictable ending, I'm happy that it ended the way it ended. I'm not pissed off that, oh fuck dude, Watterson's character's locked up in, in the pod. She can't do shit. And she's on her way to, you know, probably like, like guaranteed, you know, face huggerism. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh huh. I didn't really give a shit that, that that's happening to her. I, I was almost starting to root for David. And the reason why I started root for David, even though his character is fucking evil, his, his you know, he, he's a sick son of a bitch, but
0: it didn't <laughs> matter because
1: Fastbender is so good in this. Right.
0: He's, Especially when he's playing against himself.
1: Yeah. Holy shit, man. Fucking just creepier than hell, you know? And, but, Then I go back to the problems with the movie. And, you know, my problems are... One of them, this bugged the shit out of me. And this happened every time an alien was grown in this movie. All the aliens grew way too fucking quick. Way too quick. They were only on that planet for like a few hours. And you mean to tell me that those spores that blew into his fucking ear already turned into an alien that size coming out of him in the span of a few hours? It was... It was a stretch. It was a major stretch. And then as and then when it comes out of him, it's still growing. And then all of a sudden, by the time it runs away after it's been shot at, in the span of like two minutes, the thing's already half grown. Right. It's it's you're you're forcing it. It's like they're rushing the xenomorph thing. And oh, those are the ge- the the neomorphs, right? right? The white ones, right? Um, and then it gets to the xenomorphs, and the same thing happens. Fuckers already halfway in full size by the time it, it's already out of the human. It, it's growing and growing and growing. And look i I know you have the suspense and disbelief, but I'm sorry, man. My logic tells me that you can't just something can't grow out of nothing. If the aliens like this, how the fuck's it getting bigger and bigger without you introducing something else to it to make it grow help it grow like protein and and all the other substances that a body needs to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You can't get something out of nothing so it, it, it that, they're the result
0: of the local ecosystem on the planet to which David traveled to after leaving two two three. Yeah, becoming altered by the black liquid. Specifically, the liquid caused small black spherical fungus-like egg sacs to form on the ground. These ac- egg sacs, when disturbed, would release a cloud of microspores. Micros. Yeah, thank you. Into the air that would enter a host organism through any orifice, um, which would cause a blood burster to grow inside of them until they violently puncture the skin and claw their way out of the host body. Yeah, the similar to the xenomorph chest burser although the exact point of emergence varies depending on how the host was infected. Initially, the creature is born with arms and legs and moves in a quadrupedal manner reminiscent of a runner. Okay. Um, The initial stage in the Neomorph's life cycle is the egg sac, a fungal-like growth found in clusters throughout the engineer's homeworld, which is a result of their contamination with immunogenic chemical that the engineers were creating if damaged or otherwise disturbed by a potential host the egg sacs released a cluster of spores that conglomerate motherfucker (laughs) Uh, voracious carnivores larval neomorce will attack and devour any prey Um, trying to find why they grow so fast
1: (sighs) like they're so advanced that they they have to grow that quickly to survive I bet that that would be the, the reasoning with it right yeah, possible. They've adapted over millions of years or whatever because it's predicted that, like, that first scene at the beginning of Prometheus where the alien drinks that stuff, you know, and then f- falls apart, that's, like, set millions of years beforehand. Right. Like, that's the creation of the human species or something.
0: Yeah, my guess is that... I mean, there are, like, it's like a... It's it's a parasite. Yeah. So it can grow, and, and, and it's... I guess it... The more it feeds, the faster it grows. Yeah, there you go.
1: It just it it just threw away all plausibility to me. It was like, well, if you can grow it that fast, and the movie could just do the same something where it just it starts growing a fucking shitload of xenomorphs out of nowhere. It, it well, it, it just, not really. It no, it pushed the believability to me. It just like with Billy Crudup's character, right when he fucking woke up, the chestburster burster comes out of him. He gets like one or two lines of dialogue, and then boom, he's already. And I'll, I'll, I can forgive that to a point because it's like, well, this is like the first Xenomorph to come out. So, you know, the incubation period probably different, but it's, it's like the movie was trying to give you the aliens too quickly when it started to introduce. Them right. And didn't need to. And so I, yeah, I look, I, I like certain characters, but other characters that were introduced, you didn't really get to get into them. It was, that's, you know, that's just pretty much it. I, you know, I, I none of the alien attack scenes were really did it for me. I mean, look the the part where it busts out of the guy's back. That I mean, the the, the look of it was really well done. It's just that it needs something more than just that.
0: It needs no, and you're right. They, what they should have done was, if they're going to do this, it should have gestated dated longer. They should have been able. They, I mean, if Ridley Scott's going to do this, they bring them up to Covenant, yeah, right, and then that fucking thing you know they you know they they bring him up but there's still half the people down there yeah they and while they're dealing with the the neomorph yeah that's on covenant you know they they managed to kill it right yeah. or whatever while the rest of the crew is down there dealing with david and the xenomorph that's going to come right yeah so that we see the evolution and it's, you know, again, it's slower. You do the John Voigt thing yeah. where he's eating, you know, everything's fine, eating dinner, and then it, it fucking blows out the guy's back. Yeah. Right? Which is even more grisly. Still, the way that the guy, the actor, had uh, flopped over, yeah. again, that was really good. And I enjoyed that. But, you know, this time, it's expected.
1: Yeah, and also, characters made stupid decisions again. I th- look, in, in Prometheus characters made stupid decisions, and in this one, again, I know, oh well, well, let's see you, you know, in their shoes, right? You right. know, when you got fucking here's my thing. If they're going on this mission, this decade long mission of just getting to the planet, everything has been worked out to a T. It, that it, that's science. That's just I mean, you see what they do for just space launches. Okay? Everything's worked out to a fucking T. If they're gonna be sending a, a, a crew or a ship full of this many people to go colonize a, a far distant planet, everything has to work within the, a certain parameters of the way it's planned. It has right. to.
0: Well, no, not really. Them
1: them look, they already have they already know the planet they're going to. It, it, it's perfect. It's ready for them to go to. When they for them to stop just for the, the just for the sake of pushing the plot forward to the alien planet, okay, they did this thing where, oh well, you know, it it's it's in the zone, it's in the safety zone of this of this solar system. And you know what if? And it's like what the fuck are you doing? It, it you, you don't take that chance. There's too many variables in the
0: equation. You but it's also think? a habitable planet that hasn't been put into the system. And and that's part of their their uh whatever you want to call. I, it.
1: It. it just it seems like like Oh, hey, <laughs> we're going to send you a message and it's going to take, you know, a year and a half to get to you before you get the actual message. But, right. oh, by the way, we're not where we were supposed to go. We're over here now. Right. And it, it, it to me, it just doesn't play right. It, it doesn't it, they'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? I understand you, you, you discovered another planet, but. No,
0: because they're going to the other planet
1: because it throws everything off. It. I know but like I said there's too many variables you you don't know until you get to that planet like what bad could happen so um, again there was
0: the, the there was no variable for a nova storm you you can't predict everything
1: well th- that's what I mean don't they should have never even taken the risk of going there you don't but you don't the, what they, what they should have done i I'm, I'm just trying it to, wasn't
0: charted i'm trying to, Joe? i'm trying to do rational thought here there is no rational thought it wasn't charted so their,
1: their job is to go fucking colonize that planet like again you it doesn't work like that. They should have sent a signal back to Earth saying, "Hey, we just discovered this fucking planet. Send someone else to go out and look at it. Send but probes, that, or whatever."
0: That's not part of their documentation. Part of their charter is, if we find a planet that's on that it could be habitable, we need to go check it out. But that wasn't supposed to happen, anyways. I know, but if it goes and gets in the way of a colonization, it didn't get in the way of a colonization. They were woken up early. Yeah. So it was an it, it was it was a uh, and they it was excuse, a fucking phenomenal,
1: and they used the excuse of, "Oh well, no one's going to want to go back to sleep to make everyone accepting of them going to go they check would out have, this
0: planet. they would have not checked out the planet had John Denver's country road not <laughs> been playing
1: I know, and I get that. I, I just, so when
0: you have an Earth song coming from a planet. Millions of light years away from Earth, yeah, it is actually their duty to go check it out. Why the fuck is there? Why, why are there humans here from Earth?
1: It's. I'm trying to find the the Earthbound analogy for it. You know, it. it you stay on the task at hand. The task at hand is to go.
0: Get, but they can't get to this planet. Nope. <laughs> nope. No, they're 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 the task at hand ends. When this stuff happens their their job changes because now they become responsible for this anomaly,
1: but they're responsible for those two thousand no, people
0: no 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 no, those two thousand people can sit- stay where the fuck they are because th- the chances of anything happening to them, plus they've got to repair the ship anyways, so they're they're sitting there for at least a week, mm. While the ship is repaired, they can go down to the planet and then come back. The ship is going to be repaired, and then they continue on their voyage. While they are chartered with investigating a human who is listening to Earth music on an uncharted planet in a distant galaxy near to where their planet is. That's part of their duty. Well,
1: they're still like I think they were still a
0: couple years away or something like that. Seven years. Yeah. But it doesn't matter how far away they were. Seven years, give or take seven weeks, they're still on they're still on schedule.
1: Okay. The end result is catastrophic loss. Yes or no? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. David gets his way. Right. So it's going to end up being a lose a loss. So what I'm saying is the end result like shows
0: that they shouldn't have fucking they should have just went eye on the prize. Right? But again, you you can't predict that stuff. That is a non that, – that, that's, that's forcing the – the. you have to let a script, you have to let a movie evolve. And by saying keep your eyes on the – I'll give you a perfect example of keep your eyes on the ball. Us. We started a movie site, right? Mm-hmm. How many times has the name changed?
2: <laughs>
0: what are we called again? How many times does his name changed? Uh, Four? At least. Four. Because you can't predict what's going to happen within the next day, month, week, year, or second. Mm-hmm. So, we, and this is just a micro thing, yeah. right? Not in not Alien, but still, we've changed our name. You, you can't predict what I'm going to do, much less what you're going to do. I can't predict what you're going to do. Yeah. But- you know, you say focus on the task at hand, which is funny because I say that every day, and we don't. We all and and this is not an indictment, this is just the truth. This is you know, it's it's eighty five degrees outside, it's just it, it is what it is. We don't focus on the task at hand. We go off on tangents, we do four hour movie podcasts you know and we change up everything every you know every couple months like we used to do the netflix pick of the week as a second separate podcast but it was also part of the same podcast you know that's what i'm talking about is you-, you can't just assume that because everything is once they get out of the fucking once they get out of the the galaxy once they get out of the, of our solar system nothing is is charted they don't write everything down they have david there to keep the the ship on course because it's going to point a b c but other than that you can't predict what's going to happen another ship could come out of fucking anywhere and slam right into them in an entire universe you know what i'm saying okay
1: you say you using our show as an analogy right we have the comfort and confines of being here on planet Earth.
0: So. There's. We're, we're on a rock hurtling through space at 230,000 miles an hour.
1: <laughs> when you're on that ship with a specific job to do, to get from point A to point B, which is that planet, to colonize it, that was the whole purpose of that ship being there.
0: No, it's not the whole purpose of that ship. That's a science ship. Their secondary purpose they're, is to colonize.
1: They're called covenant. The, the covenant I know. is them.
0: Their secondary purpose is to colonize. They are a science ship. Their primary purpose wasn't, is not to colonize. Their primary purpose is to suss out the planet to make sure, and if it is available to colonize, then colonize the planet. But you have to go there first. That's not the gist I got from that at all. Yeah, it is absolutely
1: the gist. They already had that planet planned out because of, for whatever, however, they did. Either they had probes already there or someone's already been there before because of how long it takes to get there.
0: They have probes. They specifically mentioned probes, but they are a science. If they got 2,000 people sleeping there and they say that they're all colonists. Yeah, but even then, you can't predict whether or not you go to that planet you're 39 million light years away and you end up at that fucking planet. Yeah. Who's to say it's going to be there?
1: So why put 2,000 fucking people on there?
0: Because your job is to go to a planet, find out if it can be habitable, then colonize the planet. What I'm saying is is that and there's probably,
1: you can't colonize a planet until you fucking know that you can colonize a planet. But so you, they would not purposely, they would not unwittingly send 2,000 people out into space without knowing where the fuck they're going to send them.
0: You can't do that.
1: You can, and that's how no, you should do you that. can't.
0: You cannot predict if a planet's going to be there after you have a probe go out there and then come all the way back, and then you set everything up, and then you just send it out there. You can't predict that that planet is going to be there. The only thing that you can do is postulate, if that planet is there, go down check it out. If it's habitable, habit make it a planet, make it another earth. Otherwise, continue on searching for other planets. So on
1: that basis, that's a big fucking what if.
0: Well, they probably had more than one planet that they were going to anyways. If if Planet A doesn't work out, go to planet B. But they didn't say that. It doesn't matter. You don't have to. Why the fuck do you need all this exposition? The only point of this whole movie is this, as far as we know, the covenant was going to this planet. That's it. Look, they made it the the story made it a calling on purpose so that David
1: has a bunch of people to fucking turn into Xenomorphs. That's it. That's And that's my problem is that it's contrived.
0: That's contrived to me. But it follows along the path of Prometheus, which is they were going to LV two two three.
1: It'd be one thing if he did it with a normal crew of people, but for the fact that it's a colony and it—it's too convenient. Look, I it, understand. You got the theory. It, it, look, if your theory is true, rings out to be true, then that would make sense because he planned that shit. Right. Then that that would make perfect sense. But otherwise, if it's not planned, if it's if it's not that theory true, then then that it just to me it's it's. That's like, but fucking the, uh, 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 what is it? Throw airs to the wind or whatever the fuck they call it.
0: Here's it's, the other thing: Why the fuck did they bring terraformers with them, if that was a human habitable planet?
1: Were they bringing terra? Uh, yeah,
0: they had huge terraformer, okay, trucks and machines
1: for changing the uh, the air, the the climate. Who knows? I don't fucking know.
0: But it just. But to they me, said they had terraformer machines.
1: Look to me, it just it felt like it was a way to push the story forward. Um, instead of a, a feeling more natural. Yeah, I agree. And, I, I'm playing devil's advocate on most of this yeah, stuff, and it sucks because the movie looks great. It, 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 I mean, I, I cannot complain about the look of the movie at all. Everything looks great. The fucking the the, the cinematography, the, the 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 scenes. Holy shit! the you know, in the in the forest and everything. Right. Everything looks great. It's just, fuck, man. I. This movie is. Um, I I wrote this review like like it was it a day and a half after we saw it. Normally I wait like four days or five days after we see a movie before I write the review but I this one I really, I already knew what I wanted to say about it for the most part um, and fuck, I think there's things that I, I'm talked about tonight that I didn't even put in my review. You know, like I don't even think I mentioned the quick growing aliens in my review but, and that really fucking bugged me because it was like, okay, it, it just, we gotta, you know, oh, we're running out of time with the movie so let's just have the alien be that fucking, grow, you know, that big, that quick. It, it just, that bugs me you know
0: I anyway whatever well no but it makes sense even in the other movies just when the alien is small the burster comes yeah. out and then it grows into this fucking huge 9 foot tall alien
1: yeah but it took like a, f- a few days no, it and did. it had the molting process no it didn't there was, and there was the molting process like when um, when uh, fucking the guy who's 90 years old now the actor um, he was John I, Voight <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton when Harry D. Stanton um, goes into that room, where he, it's in the room of his death, right, trying to get Jonesy, and he finds that big old skin, of the, and that's like the first time. Yeah,
0: that, how do you know that this takes place over months? It doesn't.
1: No, 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 no. I didn't say alien takes over months. No, no. It takes the alien a few days to get to that nine foot size. You
0: said like... Mm, you you said more than days I'm
1: pretty sure i said days it, it just took a few days for and it got to full size not not 5 fucking minutes because if you remember when the when the white neomorphs were attacking them those fuckers besides the fact like i said they were spores that went into the ear or the nose okay after they got out they grew to full
0: size in like 2 minutes but they were growing as they came out and that just it and that, that I, I, I look i'm just playing devil's advocate i'm not i can't disagree with I like I like the devil's advocate thing, but <laughs> it, look, it, it it rushes the it rushes
1: the story too far too quickly when it yeah. does that, and I agree. It's yeah, so it's just, but this movie has saving graces. Like this isn't movie; th- those things aren't bad enough that keep me from disliking the film overall. This movie fits into the Alien universe well. It, it does it, it because Fastbender fucking just. I mean, it compels the story forward in every way whatsoever. Okay? I don't
0: know. I think you're going back on on what? everything that you're saying by saying that this fits it well into the Alien universe.
1: I mean, it, it. I mean, as a film, as an Alien film, if you compared this to Alien Three or if you compared it to Alien Resurrection, I don't. I don't consider those part of the. Go, oh yeah, but franchise. I'm anymore. just saying though. It, it, or, well, you know, God forbid Alien versus Predator, which is shit. But um, those were just for fun or well they thought it was for fun but um
0: but yeah but i mean if you say timeline
1: the, wise yeah it fits
0: in there but it's, if you go, well, it's it's rushed
1: if you go back to alien resurrection it, it's exploitation of the, of the of the aliens it's just making another alien movie just to have more aliens in it it just to sell that point it's not it's not adding anything to the whole canon right really um this movie doesn't feel like that completely because like i said as a Prometheus sequel, it fucking it works as Prometheus sequel. As as alien homage, no, it doesn't. That we've been there, done that. And that that sucks. But like I said, the overall is better than the than the negative. And so I, I look when the movie's over with, I enjoyed it. Okay. You you if you can if you can I, I know we can go all over the place, but it's just I've seen worse. I've seen worse where a movie completely relies on the past, uh, um, you know, on the homages and everything, and it doesn't stand on its own two feet at all. And I I remember in my piece of shit prediction, that was my my worry about the movie was that it wasn't going to be able to stand on its own two feet. The movie stands on its own two feet, but it wobbles and it wobbles a little more than it should. But when it's all said and done, I'm interested in seeing the final part of this. I want to see where it goes. So the, for that for that reasoning the movie's successful because i gave it a 7 out of 10 not
0: me no no what'd you give it 5 damn it's a 5 okay it's a good movie but it's average okay you know it's it, and it, it's a remake of alien <laughs> yeah they they re, they force awakened it with <laughs> not as good results I, you know, I enjoyed the movie don't get me wrong but yeah. When when everything's the same, they blow the fucking alien out the airlock. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Okay, we get it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That that's and like I said, Prometheus sequel. Yes. Um, but yeah, I look. It, uh, I still liked it. So anyway, what was our predictions on the movie? I don't know. We didn't. Because I gave it a seven. and You give it a five. All right. So. The Covenant, sixty-eight, eighty-three. Close. I mean, we are opposites. We are fucking close, though. Not me. Oh, I gave it. Or it has a current rating of seventy-one percent. Okay, on Rotten Tomatoes. So, um, ugh. look, Ridley Scott has one more chance. From uh, unless he fucking Michael Bay's it. No, and, and decides to add, <laughs> fucking. Oh, you know what? We're going to do. <laughs> no, Really
0: Scott does not have a Russian accent. <laughs> no, he. for but, me, he can he can make whatever he wants. It doesn't matter. He blew
1: it. You're, you pretty much he blew it to you.
0: No, I said he can make whatever he wants. Oh, okay, all right. All right. He, he didn't fucking Adam Sandler it.
1: For me, it's he's got one more chance to sell this whole Prometheus prequel thing that he's doing that connects it to Alien. Um, so if
0: I'm on board, still. You faltered a bit, but... cares. cares? Ridley Scott makes movies, and they're fucking good. Look, this, this... You gave this one a seven, so you don't... You can't go in saying... I said I'm still got, on board. You I got just said one I'm more chance. On I just said I'm still on board. I know, but you gave it a seven. But, I can understand if you gave it a four, you said you a got one bit. more chance.
1: Because I was still overall entertained. <laughs> Am I not entertained?
0: Okay, whatever, fucking Rotten Tomatoes. Right. I'm giving it an aggregate score of 8.325. Because I was entertained... And the seats were nice to sit in.
1: So my flick of the week no. is...
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> so um, do I recommend seeing Alien Covenant? Yes, I do. If you're an Alien fan, you you should definitely see the movie. But you might have bigger problems than I do. I, when I've read other people's opinions of this movie some people are fucking harsh as shit on it. And then other people are like, Oh my God, it's the greatest alien movie since aliens. So I, I'm not that I'm not there. (laughs) Aliens is like a nine point fucking five dude. And alien is like a nine point three five. It, it's not comparable. It's, it's good. It's why are
0: we still talking about alien covenant?
1: I didn't get onto my flick. All right. (laughs) So, Go see Alien Coven. It's not a piece of shit, right? Um, My flick of the week is the 2016 film called Beyond the Gates. It is purposely made as an homage to 80s films. It is or 80s style. It a film of um, uh, B movies and shit like that, like video rental site type, type shit. Um, the story is I don't even I don't remember what town this movie's set in, but. Um, these two brothers um, who are estranged from each other, um, one brother has left the town. Um, his character, you know, is name Gordon Hardesty. And his brother, his brother John, has stayed in the town his whole life. Well, their father runs a video store there, you know, family-owned video store. And it's got a sh- like over a hundred, they brag, you know, the bragging, um, you know, slogan is like over a hundred thousand, you know, movies to choose from. Right. So, the movie starts off with it's seven months after their father who ran the, the store has disappeared. And they're everyone has pretty much assumed that he's dead and gone. And their mother died a few years before that. But So the only person that's missing is the actual father. Well, apparently you find out through conversations in the movie that the father has done things like this before where he's disappeared he's for a few months at a time. So him being gone for seven months isn't like a a huge thing and the fact that he's a mega alcoholic and everything it it, it's not the the if he their attitude about it is if he walked in the door any fucking minute we wouldn't be surprised but if he never does then we're not surprised either right um so what their the movie starts off where both brothers meet up at the video store to start packing everything up and they're conversating about, you know, the, the, the brother, you know, Gordon, who's come from out of town, he's the asshole of the two brothers. He's the one who's full of himself. He's got an ego, but he's also got a past. Don't, don't need to delve into it. But um, his brother, um, John, who's played by Chase Williamson, he's one of the main characters from John Dies at the End. One of the main actors, you know, the two main actors in the movie, he's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he stayed behind and he's kind of like the loser of the two like he's the less successful of them and he's you know like for example he's got a shitty you know best friend who's rude to everybody but because it's his friend he forgives all of his trespasses right kind of like me yeah there you go <laughs> so so uh, Graham also has a uh, girlfriend who um, comes up to uh, surprise him and stay oh no she didn't surprise him but she she comes up later in in the day to to stay and help out with the packing up and everything and uh, his uh, girlfriend is played by uh, Brea Grant uh, Brea Grant was in season two of Heroes she played the quick girl the fast you know the flash type girl that was in there um, don't remember the character's name because they always call her just the quick girl or some shit you know so um, I really I, I do know I had like a little mini crush on Brea Grant when I was watching Heroes and I, I loved her character um, so when I saw that she was in this movie, I was like, okay, she's like one of those little crushes like you've got on certain, like, you know, female characters that you've seen over the years. Oh, yeah. These female actresses. Christina Ricci. There you go. So, it, um, but yeah, it's, it's fucking, it, she's cuter and shit. And she's my age, so I'm not a pervert. hmm <laughs> Wink, wink, Mr. Fucking. I like Wednesday items. Oh, I'm using
0: the wrong eye.
1: <laughs> um. Anyway. As they're packing up the the uh, all the stuff, you know, they ha- they introduce some a couple other characters like a, a guy that they both grew up with is now a deputy, and he you know he stops by the video store just to say hi and blah blah blah, and then they also introduce the asshole friend of the brother that, that's that stayed in town and all this shit, right? Just so you show you have a a, a possible antagonist for the film, right? Um, they're unpack The two brothers are are alone unpacking the um the are uh, they're packing up the the manager's office Uh and they find the tape in the video player and it's a, uh, it's a VCR board game that's called beyond the gates and they play it for just a second and it's got um, Barbara Crampton um, on the screen and she's this, it's in black and white and she's very ominous and she's talking directly to the viewer, you know, and she's like, you know, make your move and things like that. Right. What it turns out to be is this movie is like a demonic Jumanji. It's <laughs> pretty much what I would call it. it um, they First they check it out and, 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 and the movie starts doing these, like, f- these flashes on the screen. It's like really unpleasant. So they're like, fuck that. Turn that shit off, right? So they take it back home and then the girlfriend talks them into trying it out because they had nothing else to do and they're bored as fuck. So they try it out and they, they start the game. They don't like the way it's working. Well, they decided not to play it anymore. Well, then something things weird little things keep happening that gets them to come back to you know fucking trying the game again. So they start trying the game, and all of a sudden, they find a package hidden somewhere in the house. and the game tells them to uh, to you know open, open up this the package. package. And the package has a little voodoo doll in it, and it's it's wearing the same exact clothes because it's doing scenes where it's cutting to the asshole friend at the bar hitting on this chick right and he's a piece of shit right piece of shit guy doesn't take no for an answer and uh, and they Come on, the baby. game the game tells them that you have a choice you either can you know not progress any farther to save your father it starts talking to them like save your father right and they're just like what the fuck and then they're like well you have to get the key the key is inside the voodoo doll so they fucking start cutting open the side of it. Right. And then it cuts back to the guy at the bar and he starts fucking tearing open. Right. And he falls on the floor and, and he bleeds to death like horrifically. And the, the bartender chick is, is blamed for the murder. Right. <laughs> so then there's that. Then the next thing that happens is the um, the next test, because they, they're they like, fuck this. We're not going to play this shit. This is fucking insane. Well, things keep happening that makes it have to they have to play the game for example the cop comes by and they try to show him the video and when he looks at the tv all he sees is static nothing else but it gives him a headache so he's like what the fuck i'm out of here well finally when they start to keep playing the game to progress the story forward um <laughs> it, it, it it does this thing where it says well now the key is locked inside someone's head and you have to your choice is to either let this stay in their mind or you have to get it out one way or the other right so it comes to the point where the fucking they have they find this little head inside of a um oh I'm sorry I'm jumping ahead the fucking cop the cop shows up and starts shooting at them with a fucking shotgun like what the fuck did you guys do to me what was on that fucking tv right and all of a sudden um, while they're hiding in the backyard, the the guy, one of the brothers, sees the uh, the this little ceramic head that looks like the the deputy's head, and it's got a little key, the part of the key, the handle of the key sticking out of the head. So he fucking yanks the key out of the head. All of a sudden, the cop's fucking head explodes, right? And it's like fucking, it's like the lesser of two evils or something. Like if they don't follow through with this, worse, worse things are gonna happen, right? So it, I mean, it just gets it just gets darker and darker, and so it right. ends up to them having to. You know, finally, just go and deal with it. Well, anyway, the movie uses synth- synthesizer music. Synthesizer. Synthesizer. You know? Synthesizer um, uses that eighty synth- synthesizer music, like like from Strange uh, Stranger Things or Turbo Kid, um, or even fucking. I just watched uh, Bronson with uh, Tom Hardy the other day. Fucking tour de force acting performance. Anyway, and I'm gonna. T- <laughs> that's gonna segue into. Uh, Talk about uh, Tim Hardy or Tom Hardy in a little bit, anyway. But that's for news. Um, the movie isn't that great of a movie, but there's some cool elements about it. Like for example, they try to take the game back to this this store that I guess they found out that it originally came from. And it's this this guy that it's kind of like the Needful Things thing, right? Where this this weird character who's named Ehrlich, this tall, skinny guy with that's really pale. He goes, "Oh, I can't take the game back until it's finished," hmm. and somehow the game always comes back, finds its way back here. And they go, what? Someone brings it back. He goes, no, it just finds its way back here. Right. And, and he gives them a little, like little bits of advice, but that's it. He won't take the fucking game back. He says, you have to finish the game. That's there no one's, he goes, no one's ever survived the game, but maybe you'll be the first, but otherwise, no, no matter what, you have to finish the game. So I don't want to give everything away, but you know what? As a, as an 85 minute, um 80s homage type style movie even though it's set now um it's got some of those elements of 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 a b movie of an 80s b movie that i like and for that i think it's worth it's worth it's worth the 85 uh, minute investment of time so uh i would check out beyond the gates um it's currently on netflix it's only been on there for like a week so um uh, i don't think it's gonna be disappearing anytime soon all right. I don't think I want to give anything else away, but yeah, I don't want to give anything else away about the game, the movie. But it's got it's got some redeeming qualities to it. I just it's not super great. Beyond
0: the Gates. Done. Boom. Interesting. 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 Well, Samurai Jack. It uh the 10th the 10th season, the new season was only 10 episodes long. Uh-huh. uh the 5th season. So, I'm not going to give away any of the plot elements. I'm not going to give away spoilers and shit like that. Okay. So, um however, I will say this. The way that it ended is not expected. Okay. And that was f- it's fucking great. Okay. So, uh, I talked about Samurai Jack and how how awesome it's been. Look, um <clears throat> The entire series is so fantastic. It doesn't always focus on Jack, but it focuses on Jack. I'm sorry. It focuses on Jack's journey, the, his, the completion of his journey. Uh-huh. Okay, So we come upon him. It's been 50 years. He's stuck in this world that he didn't create or he was never a part of. And he's got a he wants to get back to his past, right? Yeah. That's the original story, but now it's changed. He's he's been the same age for fifty years. And he's still doing the same shit. He's still fighting accused forces and he's realizing how futile it is and he's basically giving up.
1: Like a Groundhog's <sighs> day.
0: Yeah. Um <clears throat> As, but but what Jack doesn't see? Okay, look, here's the thing. <laughs> Jack doesn't see his influence over the world. He only sees his narrow view of w- his life.
1: Okay, he's got tunnel vision. Yeah.
0: So all he's do- always doing is just focusing on getting back. And in the meantime, he's been helping people. We've seen it all in the past episodes of him. You know, traveling from point A to point B, and that point B being a portal to take him home Mm -hmm. so as he travels from point a to point b he's helping all of these these people all of these oppressed people so when we hit season five we don't see the same people that he's been helping until later on Uh so what's really good about this is that all it really does is focus on and i've said that again Jack's journey, but it's all from Jack's point of view. Mm-hmm. His depression, you know, like the first six episodes is dealing with him and his depression. Yeah, and how he was he's able to overcome it. And then you know once once he's able to fight through all this stuff, he's able to move forward. So he lo- he's he's lost his sword, but he has to find a way to get it back. And then once he once he's able to do that, if he's able to do that, then his next step is to head to a coup and kill a coup, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> Heading into the tenth episode, like I said, I'm not going to give away any spoilers. It starts off with a coup giving a speech, okay? Mm-hmm. But the start of the speech is the original opening from the original series. Okay, and it was dedicated to Mako, okay, because okay. Mako did the did the voice until he died. Yeah, and then they have um, I can't remember who did the voice of uh, of um, Greg Baldwin did the voice of coup. Okay, <laughs> and then you have Tom Kenny, you have Mike, Kevin Michael Richardson, Keegan Michael Key. Uh, I brought up. um I brought up Tom Kenny on purpose because he plays this character called Scaramouche. Mm-hmm. Scaramouche is basically Sammy Davis Jr.
1: Will you do the Fandango?
0: Yeah. And he's a uh uh <laughs> He's he, he he talks in in Sammy Davis Jr. jive. You know? Hey, hey babe. Hey cats. Yeah. What's going on, cats? What's going <laughs> on the bigger cool? So, and you have Jeff Glenn Bennett as Monkey Man. John DiMaggio. Yeah, John DiMaggio as uh, the Scotsman. And Rob Paulson as Rothschild. So you have all these great uh, actors. Mm -hmm. Phil Lamar as Samurai Jack. (laughs) And... Oh, uh, Carrie Walgren and Tara Strong as well. What really brings it all together is this 10th episode. So, when we... See a coup give this speech, right? Yeah. It starts off with the the very, very beginning of, you know, I am a coup, master of all. Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> then it goes into its final, in, into the final episode. Uh, I need to find the original opening, like, script so I can say, but it doesn't matter. Everything comes down to this, mm-hmm. you know, and. We learn Jack's fate and coup's fate. The best part of this whole fucking thing is that it's not predictable. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh-huh. You know, uh, I'm not going to tell you whether or how it ends. Find out. Um, they're running a marathon on Saturday. This will be up, you know, by then, and you'll be able to watch it. They'll probably run the marathon several times. It'll probably run throughout the throughout the entire summer as it is. Yeah. But if you get a chance you got to watch it on Cartoon Network.
1: <laughs> Adult Swim, man.
0: So what? Just look it up. All you have to do is look up Samurai Jack. Um a lot of returning characters, but not until the end. Uh. Uh-huh. Uh like I said, this mostly focuses on Jack's journey. Okay. And how how he how he is. At the start of the season, mm. so, so, season five, episode one, mm. all the way through, and where you know the people that he meets, the daughters of a coup, him finally actually killing a human being, like in the in the original series, never killed a human being, uh-huh. and his battle between his good self and his bad self, you know, and his spiritual journey and all this other stuff. And you can see right here on the art that I have for Samurai Jack Season 5. Yeah. The artwork is amazing. Very taken from Jack's style, Uh you know. Um, I'm sorry, Jack's style. Taken from the Japanese style, you know, but with a lot of cool animation techniques. Um, Like... Samurai Jack, season five, art. Like the beginning, like this one. At the beginning when, when he's talking, you know, it's been 50 years and I need to get back. Uh-huh. And, it sh- and this is a Aku has destroyed the world. And one of the shots is all these skulls that have been piked on these spears, right? Uh-huh. These Aku-looking type spears. Yeah. And that's very, very Mike McNola, you know? It's 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 fucking brilliant, and you can see the colors, you know, because this is a black. It's like art. Yeah, black with with grays and blues. It's it's yeah, Batman Batman esque art, and then you can see, you know, it's it's still got the traditional samurai Jack, but I'm hoping to find like that's not it. I'm hoping to find. There it is. There's one. Like, do you see the trees in the background? Yeah. Look at that. It's beautiful. Yeah. Utterly, just jaw-droppingly beautiful. All this background art. Here's another shot of the Temple of Aku. I'm looking. Well, here's one right here. That's fucking cool. Yeah, of him standing on a... It's a It's a cliff edge, and then there's water coming up the cliff edge. And then you got that, and there's another tempo. I don't know. Yeah, Floody Newbie, whatever. I don't know if that's part of it, but like in the, there's snow and you can see trees in the snow. And again, I mean, I I can't talk enough about how amazingly beautiful the artwork is in Samurai Jack. And I mean, there are some silly moments like when a coup has his his (laughs) therapist. Yeah. He's talking to his therapist, but it's, it's basically a coup and a coup, you know? Um, the voice that the guy that does the voice of Aku pays homage. <laughs> That's a great picture. Pays homage to Mako. Um, they've kind of made Aku this weird character now, where he's he's depressed, but goofy. Uh-huh. You know. So I and I I've got to watch the original Samurai Jack to see if he's actually that way or not, but. It, it, he's more expressive in this in this series. Okay. So, and that's so here's some snow art background stuff. You see the trees are covered in I I, I don't I really cannot talk enough about how wonderful this series is. They've really upped the game on this whole entire uh cartoon or adult swim style of art. Yeah. You know. Look at this. The Green Mist Samurai. This is death, actually. There's the Grim Reaper. See, and then every he shows up once. The, the, the Grim Reaper and Samurai Jack shows up once in a while uh-huh. and beckons Jack, you know, your time is done here type of thing. Yeah. So you can see right there he's walking away. But even then in the background you see the city and this green mist, you know. It's... The use of colors, man, is just... Gorgeous, utterly fantastic, and sometimes it's just a white background uh, with blues, nothing more, nothing less.
1: You love the art, man.
0: I do. I'm I'm a huge fan of of I'm a huge fan of of animation. I'm a huge fan of art, but when it comes together like this, and it 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 uh melds so well together, it really does. Transform an entire series. Yeah, no matter what. So, I mean, here's one right there where they're running through the rain.
1: I really got to check out this show.
0: I see this is the this is the some of the art I'm talking about right here with the the trees in the background. Yeah, if I were you, I pu- I put your DVR and record for uh, Saturday.
1: Well, I've got um, you know, I've got I can watch all of them on uh, Hulu. So, um, I believe the fifth season's on there as well. So I could. Go through all those. I don't have to worry about commercials.
0: Well, it's a possibility, but then again, it may not be. And then what would happen? Well, I guess I'll just set my DVR. Won't I? You would. You'd be shit out of luck.
1: All right. So the show had a total of what? About fifty. Uh, fifty. Was it, fifty-three episodes.
0: Uh, something like that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, season one through season five. Like I said, I mean, all of the seasons are wonderful, but season five really Gendy Tartakovsky was able to really bring his A game and make this season so good that if if he if he isn't hired to do something else soon or he isn't given a chance to do something else soon yeah then or and we'll see something but the give this guy a series that's what it comes down to. And yeah, he's done, he did, uh, hold on a second. Gendy Tartakovsky. Samurai Jack. Oh, I am a coup. Now here it is Gendy Tartakovsky. Um, Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> ah, There it is. I couldn't think of it. Gendy Tartakovsky was working on a Popeye movie. And the animation that he did for the Popeye movie was just Popeye, olive oil, and and on a boat. Yeah. And, like, he was fighting Bluto. And it was very well done. Um, I'll have to find it for you. Um, Yeah, Gennady or Gennady. Um, but he changed it to Gendy after moving to the U.S. He's worked on Symbionic Titan, Hotel Transylvania 1 and 2, Powerpuff Girls, Tiny Toon Adventures, Batman the Animated Series. Clone Wars. Yeah, Star Wars Clone Wars. The not, not not the not the not the uh three D one. The animated one. The cartoon one. And that's what gave birth to the Clone Wars as a series. But uh he started off with Craig McCracken at Hanna Barbera working on Two Stupid Dogs and then Dexter's Lab, you know. Um I wasn't a real big fan of Symbionic Titan, I thought it was kinda crappy, but yeah, so uh, the Flintstones on the Rocks, Iron Man Two. He was a storyboard artist for Iron Man Two, Priest, which wasn't that guy.
2: <laughs>
0: um, he's working on Hotel Transylvania Three. He was a creative consultant on Trolls, so everything he's touched has been pretty amazing. But here's his list of all the animated series that he worked on: from Tiny Toon Adventures, The Critic, Cow and Chicken,
1: Space Ghost from Coast to Coast.
0: Yep, Clone Wars. Duck Dodgers. Steven Universe. Yep. Well, he worked on the pilot. Marvel Comics Cage. Super, super amazing guy. And uh, he... he I, I I hope they make a Samurai Jack movie out of this. So, anyways. If you get a chance, Samurai Jack. Bada bing, bada bing. Arigato.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, mash through these, uh, these quick newsies. Um, Tom Hardy has signed on to play venom in the solo venom movie. Um, I, you know what? It sucks about this is that I love Tom Hardy. We both love Tom Hardy. I even bought the drop today cause they finally lowered the price on it. So got the drop for six bucks on Blu-ray. Um, great performance in that. Um, great performance. I'll fucking just watch Bronson, which he did in 2008, which was directed by Nicholas winding Reffin, who, um, uh, Nicholas
0: Winding Rain.
1: Rain. Take the fucking F out of your name. It's throwing me off. Uh, Directed, uh, you know, who directed Drive. You know, um, he, yeah. Bronson, is uh, Tom Hardy is just a tour de force fucking solo character piece in that movie. Um, And, uh, yeah, Tom Hardy is just fucking awesome. So, uh, you know, hearing him sign on to play Venom, you know, and I totally forgot about him playing Bane. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but cuz I see him as, we see him in so many things but you know him going from a DC to a Marvel film um it sounds great but here's the problem man it's fucking Sony and it's a it's a solo film which has been mentioned that there's no Spider-Man in it whatsoever I I'm I'm trying to grasp how you have a Venom without a Spider-Man I don't know F- Sony's just trying so hard to hold on to Whatever fucking crumbs they got left of this shit, uh, you know, maybe they need Joss Whedon more. Maybe. <laughs> All right. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, that's just how I feel about Tom Hardy, you know, being. I mean, I, I think that the, the commitment will be there. I just don't know if the writing or anything else will be there to go along with it. Right. Uh, they. Uh, this fucking this bugs me. This this so symbolic of our of our. Of our system, of the Hollywood system, uh, the money marketing system, is that uh, Resident Evil? Okay, we're like two months away from when that movie came out, or two or three, something like that. And they're already announcing that they're rebooting the entire film series uh, with James Wan um, on to produce the first film. Not direct, just produce. Cares. They're <laughs> planning on doing six more films.
0: I already lost it. See you later.
1: <laughs> it just, look, the, the movies weren't even that great anyway. But it just shows that, that, that Sony don't yeah, Sony. I think it's screen jams. They um they just don't give a fuck. They don't care about the quality of these movies or anything. That's why they're able to jump on to um rebooting the series already in, immediately after finishing it. it. it's just it's bleh. All right. Uh did you want to talk about the Tim Allen thing at all?
0: Mm. Yeah. Don't all. really care.
1: <laughs> all right. Fuck it, man. Fucking Thanks Obama. Uh all right. Uh th- dude, d- while we were talking, they posted the third and final trailer for Spider-Man 3. Right. Or, I'm sorry. <laughs> trailer number 3 for Spider-Man Homecoming. Um I dude, like 80% or more of the trailer is is just stuff we already saw with a couple little add-ins. Um it looks like it it's going to be lighthearted and fun. Um and I, I look out we're going to see it in a month and a half, so, you know. I don't even think I don't even think Australia needed to come out. Um, and then lastly, dude, it's uh, you know we had two celebrities die in the past week. You know, I had Chris Cornell and you had uh, Roger Moore. Right. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Roger Moore's uh, James Bond. Um, to me, it felt like that was the well before the Brosnan. You know, the last three of Brosnan's Bond films came out. Um, the Roger Moore thing felt kind of stretched to me. I was never a fan of his, but. I've never really fully watched them all anyway. So I'm just... Maybe it's the look of the era that it was set in or some the films were made in or whatever. I don't know. I I haven't given the movies as much chance as I should have. I will say that. Um, But yeah, Roger Moore died. Um, Chris Cornell, which is weird. I was not a fan of Chris Cornell when he was the lead singer for um, Soundgarden. I didn't become a fan of his until... He took over for Zach De La Rocha with, um, with uh, audio, you know, on Rage Against the Machine and, nope. and they became Audio Slave. So, what'd you say?
0: No, he didn't take over for Zach, it was a whole new band.
1: Well, okay, fine. Members from correct, okay. So, even though because you know, like from when they're in concert, um, they would do Rage songs and they would do um, Soundgarden songs hmm. and Audio Slave songs, so um. Anyway, though, I became a fan after Audio Slave came out because even though the songs got over fucking played on the radio, there was still some standout songs on that out on their first album. Uh, the one that stood out the most to me was um, "Shadow on the Sun." Um, they never played on the fucking radio, in my opinion. It's the best song on that uh, out of the two albums that Audio Slave made. I believe um, that is the best song out of all those those albums. Uh, the song is played in Collateral. Um, during a scene where Jamie Foxx's character crashes the taxi with uh, Tom Cruise in it. Um, that song's just fucking, it, it just, it's a great song. And if you like, you know, analyze the lyrics to it and everything, it just fucking works. I love that song. It's like poetry, rock poetry. Um, I, I don't have much to say about Chris Cornell, uh, you know, other than that, it's, you know, people are like, Oh, what a tragedy, you know? Cause they, they said the guy hung himself and it, it's, yeah I I wasn't there man. I don't know what you know why he did what he did. I don't know much about him. So
0: Ativan. I, He was
1: taking Ativan. Oh. Uh, what is that a an antidepressant? Mhm. Okay cuz I heard he had like some kind of he's had drug problems over his life but No.
0: He was taking Ativan for anxiety. uh uh-huh. And he made some phone calls. Uh long story short, the one of the guys that was uh um There at the time. Yeah. Tried to open the door. Tried to. Cornell calls him. Yeah. And his speech was slurred and all this other shit. And the guy said, fuck this. I'm going over there. So went over to the hotel manager to the desk and said, I need a fucking key for this room right now. Yeah. And they're like, well, we can't do that because you're not Chris Cornell. Yeah. And he went, I don't give a shit. Open the fucking door. Yeah. And by the time they did that, it was too late. So, the hotel the, and the guy went to the desk clerk and said, "There's a problem. Open the door." And he's like, "No, I can't do that." And he said, "There's a fucking problem. Open the door." Uh-huh. And he he literally kicked the door in. He kicked the fucking door in, and it was too late. And that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> so this hotel chain is partly responsible for not protecting one of its guests knowing that the guy that said open the door had a key uh-huh. knowing he had a key we can't open the door for you sir he said open the fucking door or i'll kick it down uh-huh. so he broke the door down so good for him <laughs> yeah absolutely the guy is the guy is on, very stand up however this this drug thing is out of fucking control Giving drugs to people for their anxiety or giving drugs to people for whatever they think that they have. Self-prescribed, self-medicating people, Uh, you know, or self-prescribing medication to people that don't need it uh, is because of the commercialization of drugs and pharmaceuticals. Yeah. And it's fucking garbage. Yeah. I don't take, I don't even, fuck, I don't even take aspirin half the time. I should be.
1: I take ibuprofen. Maybe that's because I get b- bad headaches.
0: Yeah, but I don't even do that. Yeah, I just I deal with it naturally, and you know I I de-stress. I work. I I work my body to the point of fucking tiredness. I and then I get my headaches, and then I go to bed. Yeah, you know I let my body take care of itself for the most part. I have psoriasis, but whatever. That's the side thing, and and you know the side the side effects to that are uh, tuberculosis. Or death longer? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> the, the consumption. Yeah, I got the consumption. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lunger. <laughs> well, any drug that has side do they've got drugs for dogs? There's like a, I don't know if it's a if it's a pill for a dog yeah. or a collar, but there's something there's a side effect for an animal that has to do with these anti flea things. Yeah. That can cause death, and it causes diarrhea. Why the fuck would you prescribe that to a dog?
1: Oh, because they tested it on 10,000 dogs, and and 9,000 of
0: them turned out okay. Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> it doesn't. I'm That's, sorry. Uh, I, it's scary. That is fucking scary.
0: Lorzapam does not treat seizure disorder. It's
1: like chemotherapy. It's like- It's like it's like a slash and burn. It's like normal chemotherapy. Yeah. You know, it's like, we're going to make a shit ton of money on this. Mm-hmm. If they die. Eh,
0: well, they're not trying to. That, that's not their attitude of if they <laughs> die. Eh. It's it. they they want you to live. Yeah, because you're you got to pay it off somehow. Consumer. Yeah, but there's. Yeah, see, uh controlled substance can cause paranoid or suicidal ideation and impair memory, judgment, and coordination. Combining with other substances, particularly alcohol, can slow breathing and possibly lead to death.
1: Yeah, and Cornell had problems.
0: Uh, no, he wasn't drinking.
1: He said there was no...
0: Can cause paranoid or suicidal, suicidal ideation and impair memory, judgment, and coordination. If you combine that with alcohol, it can slow breathing. He choked himself to death.
1: Yeah, say he hung himself, right?
0: Well, he... They found him on the ground Okay, I, with a uh, with a exercise band wrapped around his neck. Ah, so maybe or he fell or whatever. Regardless, all of these fucking pharmaceuticals have severely bad side effects and no one gives a shit uh-huh. because, hey, it must be. On, it's on TV. Cialis.
1: Yeah. Look, I, I'm. I you know I've been I've been on workers comp for months and I you know I could be one of those people that says oh I need Norco's you know this my, the ibuprofen and the muscle relaxers aren't strong enough and look I I've never once asked for them I don't I don't want that shit I don't want to be dependent on a fucking drug you know it's bad enough I have to take ibuprofen but ibuprofen I'm not addicted to that shit because oh that I'm aware of <laughs> you know sometimes I'll have three headaches in a week sometimes I'll go. A a month without a fucking headache. It it just it's weird. I don't know what the factors are, but um, you know ibuprofen seems to only be the only thing that ever makes my headaches go away. Nothing else. I've I've taken you know pain pain relievers before, like you know uh, what is a section regulated blah blah blah. You know fucking over the prescription. Yeah, yeah, prescription type shit. So and seems to me that it always I always end up going back to ibuprofen, dude. So, um, I don't need that other shit. And it just, uh, I, I, the fact that there's people that, that, that end up having the just, they, they, they love it. I, and they keep wanting to take more and more of it. And these, these companies don't give a fuck because they, it, they've been allowed to get to this point. They've been allowed to, you know, however long it took, I don't fucking know, but they're there and they're going to keep on doing this because they make so much money off of it. I mean, you know, when you tell me how much it costs for you to get what you need, yeah, that's fucking insane. It's insane. Uh, how much it costs for other things, you know? I've seen pills. I've th- seen it where some pills are like three hundred bucks a pill or more than that. That's insane. It's the greed has no bounds, my man. Anyway, <laughs> I'm 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 cool. I I don't need to go into a big old thing about pharma right now, but right. Um,
0: it just sucks with Chris Cornell because the guy was extremely talented. Yep, one of the most talented singers of not my generation. And you know, honestly, I mean, I was never into Soundgarden uh, uh, or Nirvana or any of those. The grunge, uh, the, gr- oh, the quote unquote grunge this, thing. Yeah, the quote unquote Seattle grunge man. Yeah, I didn't like him because terrestrial radio way overplayed them yeah i like alice in chains yeah I, I saw them open up for van halen and stuff like that and yeah. i thought they were amazing i, I just don't i don't want to hear black Hole sun ever again yeah exactly i don't give a shit yeah uh, there are a hundred other songs out there chris cornell had tons of music yeah you know to his name hell
1: even the you know my name from uh casino royale that yeah. was good so um, yeah the guy it it, it sucks man because the guy contributed big time
0: yeah he was he was a great musician and regardless of what you know what you guys think of him or what you don't think of him um, he was he was a massively cool guy and a huge inspiration to a lot of I people I
1: try to withhold judgment a little more you know the older I'm getting because I've always noticed that jumping into conclusions assumptions about things oh he's a rock star so he's a he's a big time druggie and and that's just oh like he did about
0: Frank Zappa that's
1: I see. I've grown, (laughs) but it's you know there's stereotyping and shit like that too. So well,
0: yeah, there is. But you know, a lot of those guys are a lot of a lot of a lot of the stories are true. But here, here it is. When it comes right down to it, whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. Whether it's Ariana Grande or Britney Spears or Led Zeppelin or Black Sabbath, Yardbirds you know, Robert Johnson, Ry Cooder, all these other guys, you know, and I I did a whole spectrum of people (laughs) on purpose. And I didn't mention my favorite band on purpose. Even is having problems, you know, or Guns N' Roses or whatever. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All of those bands have, are, everybody has fans. Yeah. You know, and no matter what, it doesn't matter whether you like them or not, uh, you don't have to listen to them, right? Yeah. And uh, some of their hype, some of their bullshit that comes out of their mouths, uh, you know, you, they're just artists. Yeah. And when it comes right down to that, that's all they are: people making music.
1: Yeah. But someone stuck a microphone in their face and asked their opinion.
0: Yeah, which we don't need to hear. Yeah, they, they, you need to hear our opinions, but that's it. No, we. That's why I don't do politi- political political <laughs> bullshit. I mean,
1: opinions on movies and yeah. stuff and relatable items.
0: Yeah, relatable items. I don't need to hear anybody's political nonsense from a fucking celebrity who thinks that they're right and we're all a bunch of assholes. I hate politics, dude. Yep, I that's why I don't get into it. Fucking hate them.
1: All right, because there's never a winning side anyway. Right. There's no, no one wins. We all except lose. for mine. <laughs> All right, so um, next uh, film that we will be talking about on Cinescape Movie Reviews is going to be Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tale, No Tales. Oh, I'm sorry. Dead Men Tale, No Tales. Is that, is that good? Is that decent? I guess. <laughs> uh, we'll be seeing that... Uh, <laughs> don't have super high hopes but i hope it's better than stranger tides because stranger tides fucking god it just gets worse and worse with every viewing so um i am joe spiegel
0: mike sutherland
1: since movie reviews okie dokie catch y'all on a flippy all right flappy
0: Good show jolly good show jolly good show indeed hakuna matata bitches
1: this is the Cinescape movie podcast we thank you for listening to the show and if you have any questions or comments you can email us or tweet us my handle is at joe spiegel
0: underscore joe my handle—that's what I call it. My handle. You can tweet me at. You can send me a tweet at. You can tweet me. At, you can follow
1: me. Fuck off. All right.
0: Yeah, follow. You can you know, follow me or tweet me at. Send a tweet to. All right. Follow. Follow would be better. You can
1: follow me on Twitter. Tweeter.
0: You can tweeter me. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. And for me, it is at. What about you? MPS fifty one fifty. Open your balls. Open your balls.
1: So, <laughs> sure, uh, yeah, share, share, share the sure. show. Share the hell out of it.
0: Share. Give her some love. I sound like little Nick. Have a good night.
1: This is the end. It's
0: the end. the end. I tell you, we're all going to nibble the dust.
1: i go fuck yourself.